Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Board Gaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And this week we're back with the 17th episode of the podcast, John. 17. I feel like we just started, but I am apparently incorrect. Yeah, uh, it's it's been interesting. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and recently we made it big. We hit the big time, y'all. We're officially yeah. <laughs> part of the Warhammer podcasting community. We're content creators. Um, I know a lot of you guys probably haven't heard it, but, um, for us, a big, big update in the past week was, uh, we got shouted out by, um, Warhammer Weekly, Vince Ventrilla and Tom. Dr. Tom, he just got his PhD. Congratulations, Tom, if you're listening. Um, we got shouted out over there. It did has definitely uh, bumped the numbers a little bit to help people find us. So if uh, Vince or Tom, you're out there listening, we appreciate you. Um, I was out getting uh, dinner for my lady and I, uh, just like picking up because obviously COVID. And as I was walking the food out to the parking lot, I was listening to Warhammer Weekly, as I do every week, and uh, they said our names on the podcast, and I about said food spilling all over that concrete. Just damn near dropped it everywhere. In shock. And I was, like, at work and just sweeping floors, and I get, like, seven messages from Joe back to back to back, and I'm like, uh... Oh man, what happened? What is it an emergency? What happened? And he goes, No, no, watch this video at this timestamp. I'm like, Okay, got, got to it. And I was like, Oh man, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and, uh, uh, oh hell, yeah, it uh, it shocked us because, of course, like we've been listening to Warhammer Weekly forever. Um, so when we started making Warhammer content, we really didn't know how long it would be until we were like, welcomed into the community or felt like we were you know actually producing content for folks uh turns out the answer is a couple of months before somebody finds you and kind of gives you a shout out um and it's very appreciated um for people out there um let me tell y'all the algorithm is is rough <laughs> um and for, oh go ahead john uh and like that kind of brings me to a, a point of like we still feel new like we we still feel like we we were just two dudes talking in an empty room yep so <laughs> if you have any sort of suggestion or anything please give it to them we're we're new and we're looking for new and we're, we're wanting to try new and different things see what people like what they don't like and uh really just kind of make content people want to listen to so. yeah uh we are very invigorated by the shout out it's uh so so ready to keep the content coming um so John and I have been brainstorming new uh, episode topic ideas. However, we've come to a bit of a of an impasse. So we wanted to get some feedback from the people who have found us and who do listen to us. Um, you know, we appreciate all y'all's opinions far more than I can possibly put into words. So as John and I have been going back and forth talking about idea topics, there's only so many that are kind of uh, 40,000 foot view, broad stroke topics that are game agnostic. We still have a number of those left, but it is getting harder to come up with those. However, 
There's a host of specific topics that we could dive into, both from 40K and Age of Sigmar and even other game systems if we get into it down the line and people are interested. So we wanted to reach out to you guys and ask, right at the top of the episode, would you want to see more specific topics? Maybe, you know, we take an episode and dive deep on a particular faction that people are looking for. Or dive into the lore of a faction or mechanics or something like that. Uh, is that something you guys would want to see? And if it is, what would you want us to dive into? Um, we wanted to at least come here to to get opinions before we just kind of pulled the trigger on something like that. Because we're, you know, we still feel newer. And we're trying to figure out exactly the direction we want to take this moving forward so that we could keep the episodes rolling all, you know, all year long. Yeah, week by week. Yeah, I mean, we've we've uh, brainstormed plenty of different ideas, like um, having like book reviews, like doing like a lot of channels do it, a lot of podcasts do it, where they'll take like the new book for Age of Sigma or Forty K and they'll review it and they'll talk about its competitive nature, some of the lore. Uh, we'd probably do something more of a more casual twist on it because we're not competitive players here. We're like we're average Joe schmoes. Weird, have fun. Um, not saying better people can't have fun, but you know what I mean. And, or like maybe even doing like novel reviews from the Black Library. Oh books. yeah, I am uh, a, I'm a giant bookworm, so I love this idea. Yeah, that uh, maybe talking about like, we've even discussed doing a series where we have narrative games. Where we will like sit down in the podcast, brainstorm a setting and like narrative forces together. And then to let you guys know every week afterwards in our like beginning segment on this is what happened in our narrative game and trying to tell you guys a story as we're going on. So uh, if any of these things sound interesting to you, let us know. We are here to make stuff for you to listen to. We're going to talk about this stuff regardless. What we record is based off of what you guys want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can record any conversation you would like. And even if that means like, a news segment about what was talked about or revealed in the previous week. Um, that's something we can also, we've kicked around maybe throwing in if people want that, or maybe making it as a separate video on YouTube. Uh, we are open to any and all suggestions. So um, I know normally we save it till the end to like reach out to us on social media and whatnot. But in this instance, I'm front loading it because Good Lord, we need the help. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Give us your ideas. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube comment section. I check them all. I check them compulsively. Um, more than happy to have your feedback. We'd love it so we can make sure that we keep putting out things that y'all want to listen to. But I think that kind of is our opening plug done. So now we get to move on to the thing that I'm really excited for. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So... For the past few weeks, we've added the uh, games played and hobby time. And uh, the games played section has been a little slow. <laughs> a little slim. <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. There's not been a whole lot of gaming going on because, you know, it is early 2021 and the pandemic is still here. Which makes playing games difficult. There's no way around it. So... As I've mentioned before, I have gone a full year without playing a single tabletop game. I mean, no Age of Sigmar, no 40k, no Kill Team, no Warcry, no nothing. No game. But last weekend, I had my first games in over a year. 
And uh whoo, it was a time. It was an absolute time. Um had a blast and I feel really invigorated to get back to the hobby. And uh we're recording this like one week after I played those games, so I haven't told John anything for a full week. Uh so to save it for this. We saved it for you. <laughs> I did. I saved it for the viewers. Are you not entertained? Um, <laughs> we, we can't be quoting the gladiator in this house, Joe. What? Yeah, we sure as shit can. Maximus Decimus Meridius did not die to allow us to not share his tale. <laughs> Benjamin Jonathan. Franklin didn't die on that cross for us and not talk about the gladiator in our podcast about space boys. <laughs> Doing it for Dale. Um, so uh, I, I got two games in. Two games. Um, and they were a little slower because, well, none of us in my local gaming group had played in a year. So, you know, kind of started off slow. Um, first game, we did a three-way game. Uh, you know, a menage a trois of war. I was just war. about to make that joke. <laughs> you knew I had to make the joke, John. You knew it. Um, so we had like a, a literal death battle. I mean, like... It was three death factions going to war. Uh, one of my friends was playing o- Ossiarch Bone Reapers, or here forth mentioned as the Bony Boys. Bone Daddies. Yep, yep, Bone Daddies. Uh, and then Mo was playing the Nighthaunt. And I was playing my lady's Flesh Eater Quartz, because, well, my, they were ready to go, and I could transport them easily so i learned that as i was playing them um and that was a mosh pit an absolute mosh pit a monster mash if you will it was um learned a couple of things there uh first off it it was it was a slow game because like in in a three-way game there's three turns per round so the first turn like jake charged mo and then Moe's turn came, and I was—I had to go last, so Moe charged everything into Jake, and I was the awkward guy in the corner, just watching. <laughs> Sipping <laughs> whiskey sour, going, hey guys, I'm new to the party. <laughs> yes, I was the guy at the punk show who didn't know anybody, so I just hung out in the back. Like, that was my game for a little while. Um, and then finally I got to come into him, but the damage was done. I was just mopping up. It was... Brutal. I learned a couple of things. Uh, One, Night Haunt Regeneration. Holy crap. They could bring back a lot of ghosts really quickly. That's that's something. Really impressive. Um, Second thing, Ossiarch Bone Reapers. Man, they tough. They're friggin' durable. I sent a Terrorgeist into a a unit of 10 basic foot soldiers, and I, I didn't pop them in a round. I had to like go through two rounds of combat to kill him. I mean, did you did you really not know that Ozark Bone Reapers are tough as nails beforehand? I mean, I knew they were like <laughs> good, but last time I played, like he was playing Petrifex Elite before they got nerfed. So like it was oh. a it was a very different experience. Like they were they weren't tough. They were all M1 Abrams tanks in just varying sizes running around across the board but even with the nerf and him playing a different faction still hard as nails which was cool um but and as- it's good to know they're still playable but outside of the like busted we can't ever die block of 80 dudes well two blocks of 40 dudes but yeah same yeah and i mean we were playing at 1k a piece so 
none of us were like rocking a super, super hardcore list. And I'd never played Flesh Eater Courts before in my life. So I really, I'm sure I did not bring the best list on the face of the planet. But we had a time. Uh, the only downside was that, as always happens with three-player games, it was very slow going. And with us not having played in a year, uh, it was even more slow going. So we got to, like, the bottom of two in, like, five hours had passed, and one of the opponents had to go. So we called that game a wash, but it was a, a whole lot of blood had. Well, actually, there was no blood had. It was kind of sad. Um... There was a whole lot of murder had. There was no blood. It was all ghosts and bones. And I imagine the Flesh Eater Courts were super upset about it. They have, like, ichor. Like, the Flesh Eater Courts have, like, ichor for blood, I assume. Yeah, well, they have, like, rancid rancid blood in their veins, I guess. But they regenerate, so, like, it doesn't really spill everywhere. But, anywho. So then we get on to the second game, where I played my first game of 40,000 ninth edition and um we're gonna have a full episode on this topic but uh long story short man learning a new edition is a bear it's it is oh yeah it is almost more tricky than learning a new game because of your pre-existing notions of how everything should work like and like the little details oof you're going from 8th to ninth edition, mm -hmm. and, like, so there's a foundation there. When I went from 7th to 8th edition, it was it was not just learning a whole new game. It was having to forget everything about a game before. Oof. Because 6th and 7th edition were basically, like, the same edition with some changes, and then 8th and 8th edition completely changed everything. They got rid of the way you wound. Like, they only kept, like, two things. <laughs> Almost everything changed. Uh, like move like as it used to be like individual models didn't have movement characteristics each unit type determined your movement and what you could do with terrain and stuff like you didn't have the whole like greater than less than wounding anymore like there used to be a chart that uh, blast template <laughs> blast templates were a thing uh you didn't just have like what was on the data sheet or keywords determined what you did like there were special abilities that there was just a, a list of special abilities in the back of the core rulebook that everything had. There were no keywords. Like, it was drastically different game. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways, it had some really good stuff. And they've taken some of that stuff and put it in 9th edition, which I think is great. But they've kept the streamlined stuff from 8th. I Personally, I think that 9th edition is the best edition of the game currently. Like, that's been out. I'll tell you, it ran pretty well for Jake and I. Um so both of us were essentially playing our forces for the first time. Uh, Jake has been playing Death Guard like m almost all the way through 8th. Um, but they just got a new codex, which kind of flipped a lot of stuff on its head for their book. So it was really a huge learning experience for him. And I was running the Salamanders for the first time ever. So neither of us were experts in our respective forces. And neither of us had played 9th edition before. So that was also kind of a learning experience. But we had a slobber knocker of a game oh my good god our dead piles were prodigious on both sides of the table um <clears throat> let me tell you uh death guard pretty good pretty darn good like i i know some people were a little concerned before the book release but man they i think they came out of it looking fairly good um and super flavorful like putting off 
contagious and stuff, even though I hated it because it killed my dudes. Uh, it was just so cool. Um, it fits the fluff, which makes it a lot more fun. Yes. Um, I actually almost got like curb stomped. There was like one or two moments that allowed me to pull it back to just be a win on objective alone. But, oh, Lord, uh, their ability to turn off Overwatch that I didn't know about until they were diving at me. Ooh, wow. Rugged. <laughs> yeah, so like I, we ended up kind of in this big mosh pit towards the middle and I moved my aggressors up so I could like have a three-man aggressor squad. So when his like demon prince and typhus charged me, I was planning on being like, ha ha, eat my flames. And then he's just like, oh, well, look at that. I'm immune to Overwatch, and I I look like a Pikachu meme, just eyes agape. What do you mean you're immune to Overwatch? And sure enough, like, yep, can't Overwatch them. Oh, oh no. Um, so I thought, okay, okay, I'll just, like, shoot them before they come in, because they were the closest models to me. But then they had these, like, the Death Shroud Terminators, that if you're within three inches of the Death Shroud, heroes can't be targeted, period. Like, period. That's it. Even if the Death Shroud are three inches behind them. So, so I had like a Demon Prince and Typhus and uh, the guy with the Plague Spewer literally in my face, staring me down, and I couldn't touch him because there were guys like 10 feet behind him. Don't ask me how it works, but it... Who? 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 So uh, I got absolutely dove on like my three aggressors and my three blade guard veterans got dove on the blade guard vets got one shotted and just yeeted off the table um <laughs> and a demon prince and typhus dove on top of my aggressors and like crushed one of them and then brought the other down to a single wound and i it it was not looking good boys it was not looking like a victory for the imperium let me tell you um, it was pretty dire and I thought like, all right, I'll have a heroic counterattack. So I had like, I spent a bunch of, uh, experience, like I spent a bunch of CP to try to pop the demon prince. Like, all right, buy two aggressors. You have shock assault, like four or five attacks a piece and you have power fists. So you're like strength eight and I'm giving you plus one to wound. So you're wounding on like twos and you're dealing like two or three damage a punch. Let's kill him. And I dealt three damage because, <laughs> <laughs> because that's how disgustingly resilient works. If I would have known all that, if I, well, I still would have done what I did cause I'm dumb, but, um, yeah, he took <laughs> my power fist became one damage power fist, which was the most anticlimactic thing ever. And that was the moment where like, I really realized, Oh no, <laughs> I'm in danger. I came to the wrong Danny. <laughs> yes, yes, they kicked my ass in that Waffle House. Um, however, there was a single play that saved it for me. So when he charged into my aggressors to spank my bottom, um, Typhus was just outside of three inches of the the guys who gave him the like you can't target Amora. So it, my turn like came around. And my apothecary came smashing through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Like, literally crushed through the wall of a building behind my aggressors. And just, brothers, 
you cannot fall, and picked them up and threw them back into the fight. So he, like, picked up my dead aggressor, healed my living aggressor, um, and then tossed them back towards Typhus. And I was kind of, like, looking through my book, because I've never played this faction, and I saw a combo where I could spend a CP to turn all of my flame weapons into pistol weapons for a phase, and then I spent a CP to where every four plus to wound, I dealt a mortal wound because of the Prometheum cult. Uh, so, like, all three of my aggressors grabbed Typhus by the throat, pulled him close, and choked him while they turned on their flamers, and then sent him one-shotted back to the warp. Uh, and that <laughs> gave me a little bit of time to get it, to get back in the game. Like, oh... Those three aggressors oh, are units. Well, now you have to take, like, pieces of Death Guard bits and put them on the base of them, but you gotta make, like, smoke smoldering effects over Yeah, them. I've gotta but, scorch them a little. Um, yeah, you gotta do that. Yeah, so they one-shotted Typhus, which, don't get me wrong, they then immediately got popped by the Demon Prince, who turned around and, like, literally one-shotted all three of them. Um but them killing Typhus gave me a moment to start to fight for the objective. So my captain came, my custom captain came running in with the strength of Vulcan at like strength eight with his power sword or strength seven. Um, so he could start fighting the demon prince. My redemptor dreadnought came around the building and dove in on the back line to start fighting. And while both of us lost a lot of units, I just barely came ahead on objectives and allowed me to win. But it was a really close margin and um i think if he would have just been able to stay within that three inch aura to where i couldn't shoot typhus uh i would have lost badly he would have ruined me wholeheartedly but in the end it was a pyrrhic salamander's victory and it was a great outing for my units for the first time. Um, and it's got me really hyped to keep on hobbying them. I didn't get them fully painted before the game came around. I got them all greened up, but didn't quite get them all painted. So uh, I'm working on that. Yeah, I'm hoping that Bellacore release is uh, across games so that I can bust out the chaos again and they'll get an update soon and I can just bully you. With Chaos Space Marines. You just could be try. A, just be mean. I have to be a mean man to you. We will hold firm as Vulcan demands. Um, yeah, it's uh, so good to play a game again after a year. It There were a lot of... There's some rust to shake off, though, which we'll talk about in future episodes. I got... In that evening, I came out of it with two episode ideas. So, um, yeah, yeah, we will get there, but... Having not played in a year, it felt really good, but um, it was it was a, a learning experience. Yeah, I can't wait to start playing more games again. I just need to to get it going. Not that I have, you know, the uh, angel blood vaccine or whatever the conspiracy theory is calling it. Oh, can uh, I mean, maybe start going out and doing it. Good for you, Nephilim. I love Devil May Cry. That's cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that video game series. That's a hell of a game. I'm I'm down for Angel Blood. Give me Dante powers. <laughs> so I don't have a lot to update on anybody. Been playing a lot of Total Warhammer. Been listening to more books for for Warhammer. Got the new Beckwin, uh, the first book in the Beckwin series. It's pretty good. Uh, started Gaunt's Ghosts. 
Yeah. Because I've been avoid so. I've been avoiding it for years and meaning to because there's so many damn books, but uh just getting into it now and gonna lose my mind. <laughs> so good. Don't worry. It's all in the best way. Oh yeah. But that being said, let's talk about today's topic. Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah. Um this was also inspired by uh the same folks that we uh, shout it out at the beginning of the episode, uh, Warhammer Weekly, which by the way, seriously guys, if you're into like Age of Sigmar and you're not watching Warhammer Weekly every Wednesday, you're missing out. Like you I are. I'd just say that if they're watching us, <laughs> they're probably watching Warhammer Weekly. I would hope so. Cause <laughs> they, they're way better at this than we are. So, uh, if y'all aren't watching them, go over there, subscribe to their channel on Vince Ventrella's channel. And also like Vince is, a, a demigod of painting. Like, if you want paint tips, go there. Um, but they recently did an episode that kind of had John and I doing a whole lot of talking off of the podcast because it was incredibly interesting, uh, specifically in terms of the polling that they did. But it was around the topic of NPE, or in long form, negative play experiences. And they polled the community i think it was almost 2000 respondents got back to them in these very specific sort of uh granular questions asking them about negative play experiences in the hobby and moving on to specifically like by faction what negative play experiences people have and that was enlightening and it got, really got us thinking about the topic of like negative play experiences in terms of casual gamers, because I think the topic has been covered before on other channels, but I think oftentimes it is covered by people who are uh, competitively oriented content creators, I guess I would put it. Um, in a general sense, it seems like there are a number of content creators that are sort of competitively minded, and there's nothing wrong with that. However... I think when talking about topics only in terms of competitiveness, there's some things that are lost in translation that are more specific to being a casual audience. And uh, as we were kind of talking about NPE, we thought it might be worth discussing here because really we want to be one of the more casual content creators. And I think it's worth talking about how this affects our group specifically don't you think yeah and i think the survey does a really good job of flipping um something that's talked about on the internet a lot on the on its head people on the internet love to say that every new like like power creep in books and all the new models with new cool, cool new rules it's all like some scheme by gw to sell more books and sell more models and to 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 like ruin the game whatever for the sake of money but i think this survey kind of like throws it out the window because uh, uh, not to ruin too much of the findings but like kind of showed that if the the more negative the play experience of the army is for your opponent the less likely someone wants to play the army uh, yep. because God, the inverse correlation so awesome yeah, because it, it what like it, it makes sense especially in a casual setting like if i even if i aesthetically like an army if i am gonna have no opponents <laughs> to play said army why would i want it yeah I think that's, it's worth considering. Um, so I guess we should start with breaking it down with just a quick definition of what is negative play experiences. 
because this is a nebulous concept okay like this this isn't something that you could just go grab out of a a dictionary and go yep this is the exact parameters of an npe but we're going to try our best to get to a succinct summation of what that is so to start off with generally speaking for in john and i's opinion negative play experiences are things that you come across when taking part in a game not necessarily just wargaming but in a game where your time is made worse by a mechanic that you didn't really get to interact with. Yeah. So we're not talking about, like, I needed to roll three twos and I rolled three ones. Like, that's bad luck. That's That, that that's, it does suck. Like, But that's, that's the random element of the game from a design perspective. We're talking about things like... I did everything I could. I hid, like, this big model in my army behind a bunch of cover, and the opponent took, like, six things that can ignore line of sight. I couldn't put it in deep strike, and so I got shot off the table before I even had my turn. Like, that that's a negative play experience. Yep. You could, like, you were already out of line of sight. You were behind cover. You did everything you could, and you literally didn't get a chance to respond. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that is unavoidable in these games. Like, that will exist in some factions, some armies, especially considering how many factions exist in these two games. There's going to be instances of negative play experiences, no matter what. There are. Uh, but I think, the, you know, the number or the severity is going to vary. Um, yeah. You know, some factions just have more than others. You know, it is one thing for my Sylvaneth to be able to, like, teleport between two wild woods you know but at least there you had the chance to stop me from putting up the wood it is another for me to go hey i'm playing lumineth and techless gets to automatically cast spells and i just cast a spell to where all of your command points cost double and you pretty much can't use any of them now so that's it and like there's a difference between Sylvaneth Wildwoods, like, being placed on the table that allows you to teleport unit over there to play the game, and, like, Skaven's I summon this endless spell that takes an entire section of the table and makes it impassable, and it also does a bunch of mortal wounds near it. Whew, yeah. That's rough. That there, there's, there's levels of negative play experiences. <laughs> Some of them aren't fun at all. Some of them are great for competitive play, and some of them just aren't really great for casual play. Uh, they're not fun to play against. Yeah. Um, and I think, generally speaking, the thing that makes them stand aside is, as we mentioned in sort of the brief definition, is the lack of response. So there are a ton of mechanics in the game that if you couldn't stop it would be in PE, but they have ways that you could play around it. For example, let's say... I'm playing Sylvaneth. If I could just instantly teleport every model I ever had around the table, that would be probably NPE. Like, you couldn't do anything about it. However, they gauge it by me having to summon a Wildwood somewhere. And you could stop that by having troops in the area where I would want to summon the Wildwood. And it just, it shuts me down. Or I would have to cast a spell. But you obviously get to try and unbind the spell. So you could stop it. There's interaction there. Um, it's one thing to to look at your opponent and go, oh man, 
Like you, you just pulled that off. Good, good for you. And it's another to go, uh, well, I, I couldn't stop you. So of course you kind of pulled it off. That was going to happen no matter what I did. I guess I'm going to go get a beer now. Like that lack of interactivity in any army is going to lead to NPE. And some armies have a whole lot of it and some not so much. Yeah, and like I'll I'll draw a parallel to uh, like when we used to run LARP, right? And we would design a new monster, or we would design a new like boss mechanic, or like fight mechanic. We had to always make instances like we had to make it challenging. It had to be challenging for people, especially for veterans. And keep in mind, there's probably going to be new folk there. And then also create points that are weaknesses, and create points that are like exploitable so that there is a, a back and forth. It isn't just a, I do the thing and you can't stop me. Like I win and you can't stop me. <laughs> uh, Cause that creates a bad time for the other opponent. Like, and from a design perspective, sometimes those just happen and exist. Like we'll use Zinch as an example, right? Like there's lots of stuff Zinch can do that you can't really affect. Like, or like the miracle dice and sisters of battle, they just get to have better luck. That's just something they get to have now. That doesn't mean that you should never play against them. It's just keep that in mind. And if you are playing those factions, also keep that in mind so that you don't layer on too much negative play experience Yeah, to, to, ruin, to ruin something. And I think that's especially prevalent here. Um, I think in a lot of the discussion in NPE, the answer of what to do about it at least for other content creators, is, you know, you can build a list that plays around it at, like, a competitive level. And I really don't want to get into the weeds of that. Because, yeah, like, you can. But I think at a casual setting, the thing that is more prevalent is just going back to the social contract. Like, is this a thing that if you're bringing all of the NPE... Is this a thing that's going to allow your friends to have fun? If no, maybe don't quite push on it so hard. Or similarly, Can if your opponent's bringing a ton of NPE and you know it, maybe ask them not to, or at least to maybe tone it down a little because you really don't have a response. Because that's kind of the difference between competitive and casual is competitive players are willing to put in the work and to buy whatever they have to buy to get a victory. But in a casual setting, you might just have the models you have. You might not have more disposable hobby dollars to go buy more stuff. You you might only get to play once in a little while, so it's not worth it for you. You know, whatever the situation, but you're not willing to go drop however much you need to drop to mechanically answer something. But socially, yeah. I think we have a response because we are casuals. We aren't fighting for money. We aren't at a tournament bracket where we have to play through these games you can kind of work around it and and oops. you can play a like you can play a faction that has a lot of uh mpe in it like we'll use skaven as an example skaven have some mpe aspects to it i just choose to not bring that stuff and instead bring other stuff that i find more fun and my opponents will find fun and it you can look at it as a challenge for finding that perfect little balance of competitive power and casual fun um, where you're not going to automatically lose from putting models on the table, but you're also not going to immediately win either. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of the advice for NPE spills over and is similar to our episode on playing a top-tier faction or playing a low-tier faction. Generally, in those episodes, we mentioned that you might have, if you're playing something that doesn't have a whole lot of NPE available and you're going up against it, you might have to play harder to, you know, kind of step up to that bar. Or, similar to what we talked about in the playing a top-tier faction episode, if you're playing an army with a ton of NPE that your army, that your opponent just cannot respond to in the most literal sense you might have to play down a little bit in a casual setting to not ruin somebody's good time and there's no shame in either of those but it comes with the awareness that you need to do either of them yeah and in our previous episodes starting a second force like you can use this knowledge to help kind of pick whenever you're going to start a new army. Like, uh, for me, at least, whenever I go to start a new army, I think about its rules and its flavor. Uh, and when I say rules, I'm not meaning, like, okay, how strong, how how tough of a list can I make? Can I crush my nerd friends at this game? I, I look at the rules to make sure that they're not going to be super, super powerful. Like, um, I was vaguely interested in Flush Terrors for a moment, and I had to, like, step back and go... My playgroup and the people I would be more likely to play with on a regular basis probably would not have fun playing against that. I should probably pick something more in the fat middle. I should pick like a middle middle ground army if I'm going to start something new. And I think that's kind of the answer for a lot of folks is pick something that you aesthetically like that's in the middle ground if you're not willing to to do the work of toning your stuff down. Yeah, and... I mean, I think this is kind of the thing I'm most excited to talk about. And we mentioned it earlier, but kind of, I want to dig down on it a little bit because I feel like we probably didn't like break it apart. The way that this affects us, apparently, looking at the the data that Warhammer Weekly had, again, I implore you, please go over there and watch the MPE episode that they just put out a few weeks ago. It's incredible. It's very enlightening. But they, they did their survey to ask a bunch of people their sort of experiences with MPE. And the most interesting piece of data that came out of that from all of these respondents who are more than likely casual average players, it would appear that the way that NPE affects us, which I would not have expected, but makes sense upon sort of hindsight, is that there's an inverse correlation between armies with high amounts of NPE and popularity. Meaning that it seems that armies that are that come out the gate and are super, super powerful with a ton of ways to just shut down the opponent's army with no response chance, well, those armies don't appear to be terribly popular with most of the community, it would appear. Rather, the armies that kind of land somewhere in the middle, or the term in the fat middle, um, seem to be much more popular. And I would guess that that's because people in a casual setting don't want to just ruin their friends' days. Um, you know, when I was together playing with my buds over the weekend, we didn't bring the strongest list, and it's because, like, we hadn't played in a year. We're just there to roll dice and have a good time with our friends. And that means it is against your best interest to bring an army that's going to blow them off the table in a single turn. And there's also, like, another side effect where, like, having a army that is made of, 
like super powerful combos and MPE will probably get nerfed. <laughs> and so if you buy into an army that's got a ton of MPE, you're going to lose money in the long run because you're going to buy a bunch of really powerful models and then they're going to get nerfed into the dirt <laughs> if they're overtuned. And then you're going to feel de-incentivized to use them and to get new models. So I think a lot of people end up turning away from armies like that. Like I'm, I know lots of folks wait a month before for an army to be released, a book to be released for buying into something new to see what the FAQ does. Yeah, because you never know how that's going to shake them up. And if you're just sort of chasing the dragon, trying to get the most competitiveness out of your army, well, you might end up with something that you don't want for the long term. And if you're, you know, an army flipper, that's cool. But I think for the average person who wants it as a hobby project for the long run, you might want to get something that you love for other reasons than just the mechanics, because those mechanics will eventually change. But the theme of the army that you're hooked to and the lore behind it or the look of the models, whatever has hooked you or probably a combination of those things is sort of evergreen. It will stay forever. Yeah, and, and like becoming a narrative player too. Like I think a lot of casual players eventually fall into doing a crusade game or like a narrative game or just try some narrative missions that are different. Um, MPE can be used in those instances as balancing factors. That's a that's a that's a thing that we didn't touch on. But like having a say Imperial Guard player who's got a ton of stuff that ignores line of sight in the back of a defensive line. You've built this table to where it's a huge like trench warfare with a no man's land. And maybe I'm playing chaos and I'm charging that line, but I have respawning units that just adds to the narrative. Like it, it, it removes that being a negative play experience and instead makes it a narrative experience where his, his like back line tanks are kind of my objective to get to because they're going to bombard my guys the whole way up the table. Yeah, and also, what a hell of a story. Like, Oh yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. We're going to do that. It's going to be great. Oh, yes, I can't wait for a new Imperial Guard book. Um, I just can't wait to play, play against your Imperial Guard. I just want to play games, John. Just want to play games. Uh, let's just spend a weekend playing games with each other. Going into chicken tender comas yeah oh god yeah. that sounds good that sounds... we'll do tt we'll do tts here soon we can do tts we'll do... in the meantime yeah we'll do tts in the meantime but in t but once that time comes we will be taking many a picture and giving we'll live tweet our, our bromance weekend yes i will say also just on a little note i shared some pictures of the game i was playing on instagram people seem to like it which is surprising i'm I'm new to this Instagram thing, so uh, if folks like it, I will share pictures of my future hobby games also, because that apparently was something people like to see. Yeah, but uh, we've discussed negative play experiences here in length, uh, at yeah. the risk of beating it like a horse, well, uh, being a dead horse, beating it like a horse, I don't know. I'm really beating it like a horse? John, that's a very different know. thing. These are very different topics. That's like getting whacked and getting whacked off. Like, <laughs> these are different, different things. Um, John, but you can't it, just say that on a podcast. Now we're really going to be down the algorithm hole. We're in YouTube uh, jail. Whoopsies. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we don't want to beat off gonna... this horse. So, I guess we'll end <laughs> the episode. Um, and before we go, I know we mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, but I'm going to mention it at the end of the episode also, because we're professional podcasters. Um, down below, there'll be links to our social medias. Again, I implore you, please 
give us your feedback in regards to the topics. We're trying to sort of plan out future episodes and knowing how y'all are feeling about the idea of getting more specific or if you if you got topics you specifically want addressed, you know, that'll go a long way to helping us keep the hobby coming to you and in the way that you want the most. And that's, you know, that's been our goal from the beginning and it's what we want to keep up. Giving you sort of the fun hobby hangout time that you need to listen to while you're at work, paint your minis, building, whatever you got. But for now, yeah. that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all next time.